Hello, and welcome to another episode of Life Story. As always, I'm your host, Tyler Honig. If you're new to the podcast, welcome. I'm so excited to have you on. What Life Story is, is it's basically my excuse to get to talk with my friends and mentors and find out about the goods and bads of their lives and what has made them into the person they are today. If you're returning to my podcast, as always, thank you so much for your continued support. Today is a very special episode because not only do I have one guest, I have two. And the reason is, is because not only did they grow up together, they went to the same college and are now married. So it's not only a life story, but it's a love story. Alec and Bailey Olson are two of my best friends from undergrad, and they currently live in Duluth, Minnesota, and both work for Sirius Aircraft. Alec works as an aftermarket service engineer, and Bailey is a product management specialist. Not only do they work together, but Alec um, will be starting his MBA in July, and Bailey won the Rising Star Award through their company. They also just recently added a new member to their family, a mini Australian shepherd named Finnegan. So, with that, here is the life story, or love story, of Alec and Bailey Olson. Tell me your story, your life story. Hello, you two. How are you doing today? Hey. Hi, we're good. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm so happy we were finally able to make time to do this. Yes, us too. Yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. So for my listeners and stuff, I got to meet Alec through working as a community advisor at Iowa State my last year. And a lot of people don't think they're going to meet one of their best friends their last year of college. But I was really so blessed to like have you join our Buchanan boy thing of you, me and our other mutual friend Zomar. Um, yep. So I, I loved our pool nights, literally actually going to the hot tubs and the actual pools, <laughs> not just the billiard game. Um, but I'm so happy we've gotten to keep our connection going for so many years. Yeah, I know. And you can't forget going to uh, Welch Ave Station after going and sitting in the hot tub. So. Oh, yes. Going and get some Moscow mules. <laughs> that was always fun. And through you, I got to meet your lovely now wife, too, who was also a community advisor far longer than either you or I were. Uh, that's weird to think about yeah. <laughs> I always looked up to you Tyler as someone who knew more than me so and see that's the complete opposite because I remember going to you so many times and I'm like I have this thing and I just don't know what to do with it I'm like Bailey will know oh gosh <laughs> Whew, yeah it was wild it was a good adventure oh that's yeah for sure. <laughs> you chose your adventure at Iowa State and you had it yes right exactly <laughs> So you two kind of talk about growing up and stuff, because I know initially you all didn't live super close together, but then you became like neighbors and you were only a couple houses away from one another. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, I was born probably about, you know, I grew up probably about 25 minutes away from Blaine. Okay. Um, for, you know, through like kindergarten. Um, and I'll kind of let Bailey speak on that, but. Um, yeah, it was like the end of kindergarten is when I moved into the house in Blaine and that's where, um, I met Bailey. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I lived with my grandparents until I was about four. So, and we actually lived pretty close to Blaine. We were about 15 minutes out, um, which isn't too bad in Circle Pines, Minnesota. Um, and yeah, like I said, I lived with them until I was four with my family, my parents, um, and then we moved to Hugo, which is about 
30 minutes away from Blaine and then kind of bounced around a little bit <laughs> after that. And then, yeah, we moved in, I think, a couple months before Alex family moved in. I think we moved oh. into the Blaine house in February. Um, and then Alex family moved in a couple months later. But Yeah, it was sometime in the summer, yeah. early summer. Yeah, um, but I was kind of at the end of the cul-de-sac where you turned in, and then Alex family... You were at the beginning of the cul-de-sac where you could yes. enter and exit, and then yeah. I was actually at the end of the cul-de-sac. Okay. Which is like three houses down and across the street. Yep. So, <laughs> but what's funny is, I mean, we didn't we didn't really know of each other for a few years after we moved in. I mean, I didn't really get to know you until the end of elementary school. Yeah, I would say, you know, I mean, there's, you know, I look back through like my baby books and there's, you know, pictures of me <laughs> getting off the bus in first grade and there's Bailey in the background. But like, you know, I didn't there really wasn't, you know, we didn't really maybe even know of each other all that much. Um, she was making little probably, cameos in your life before you even really knew her. Exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. so crazy to look at pictures and old videos of our family, like, yeah, like Alex said, getting on and off the school bus or first day of school photos at the bus stop because mm -hmm. we're in each other's pictures. But, I mean, at the time, we didn't even really know. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I think it was like fourth grade when we both kind of started getting to know each other and showing an interest in each other. So. Okay. Yeah. Was the interest <laughs> pretty there. mutual at the beginning or was it one of you was more into the other person? <laughs> so Alex told me he liked me by handing me a note when we were getting off the bus in fourth grade and it was a crumpled up piece of paper it was like the size of a pea it was tiny <laughs> and he didn't say anything he just like put it in my hand and then walked home <laughs> and I was so confused and the best part about it is my mom she was a daycare provider in our home so she was home at the time and she would always watch me get off the bus stop and she saw the entire thing. <laughs> she saw the entire encounter. And then when I got up to the front door, she was like, what did, what did he give you? And I was like, I have no idea. <laughs> um, and I actually opened up the note in front of her and was like shocked because at that point I really, again, like I didn't know you. Mm -hmm. um, and I wasn't even thinking about that. <laughs> and so my mom she's incredible um she actually kept the note because she just had a feeling she's like i just have a feeling about this this is so weird and so random but she kept the note and we had it for the longest time um but she kind of knew but yeah i mean ultimately long story short i wasn't no offense thinking of that at all <laughs> um and then once he gave me that note it was a little different then i started noticing him a little bit more and then i think um, probably in like fifth or sixth grade is when I probably started liking him back. But mm, yeah, um, yeah <laughs> it was pretty cute. Mm -hmm. That must have just been the thing of fourth grade because I also gave a note to the girl I liked in fourth grade. Did you really? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Nothing went of it. I don't think she ever even acknowledged me after that. But <laughs> I just remember like, yeah, fourth grade must have been the note, the note giving period of time. Yeah, it's worth a try. Yeah. <laughs> So, Alec, then, what made you want to give that note to Bailey? Uh, I don't even know, to be <laughs> honest with you. <laughs> I probably thought she was cute, and that was probably about it, because at that point, I probably have maybe talked with her once or twice. Mm -hmm. So, it, yeah, yeah, I don't know. But you had a lot of buddies in the neighborhood that you kind of hung around with, and 
from visiting your house, I remember, like, you don't have fences in your backyard, so it's, like, you're going from one person's backyard to the next, like, and you don't even realize it. Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, there was probably six, seven, eight other, um, you know, I guess at the time, boys that were the exact same age. We all, you know, were the same grade. We all went to the same school. And Mm -hmm. to your point, you know, we're in a, you know, a big housing development that had these big open backyards with no fences. So you could have, you know, there's probably like six or seven houses in a row that you could just run through. So we'd play like, you know, two, you know, house or two yards of football or soccer, kickball or whatever. So that's awesome. That's pretty fun. Coming from a neighborhood where everyone who was our neighbor had had kids and were high school age when I was like two or three moving in. I did not have that. So I would have loved having all of those kids to run around with. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, So what was kind of your family life like? Did you both have siblings and stuff? Did you get along with your siblings? What were age differences? You want to go, Billy? Yeah, I can go. Um, Yeah, so I only have one sibling. His name is Noah. He is six years younger than me. So my mom had me when she was 20. So she was super young. Um, so my parents waited to have my brother until they were a little bit older. <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's six years younger than me. And so right now he's actually just graduated from high school and will be attending college, which is super exciting. Oh, wow. Actually be up in Duluth with us. So that'll be interesting <laughs> to say the least. Um, but yeah, no, it was mostly just me growing up. And I remember it's kind of nice, you know, the age gap of six years is a lot, it seems. Mm-hmm. And um, it's kind of hard to relate to a sibling when they're that much younger than you at a lot of times, especially me being a lot older now and in high school. Um, but the one good thing about it is I remember him growing up so much. You know, mm-hmm. I remember him being born. I remember kind of all of those milestones that if your siblings are close in age, you probably don't remember it as much um so you know it's give and take and there's good and bad but I don't think I would necessarily trait him being so much younger I think right now it's really nice because we're kind of doing our thing and he can rely on his older sister to have those experiences and give feedback so I think right now it's great and I don't think I would trade it but yeah it was you know for a lot of my childhood, just me growing up. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that transition was not necessarily the easiest, but I don't remember it being too difficult back then. Did he come to you for a lot of like older sister advice? Like, did you help him with like girl stuff or? (laughs) Yes, I tried. He, he's quiet. He's tough um, (laughs) to crack open every once in a while. But um, no, yeah, he has come to me quite a bit. And, you know, as he's getting older, he is talking to me more, you know, in middle school and high school, you know, the siblings are kind of like, I don't want anything to do with my parents Mm -hmm. and my older sister to give me advice. But no, especially right now, um, getting ready for college, he's had a lot of questions. And, um, you know, my both of my parents didn't really have a traditional college experience like Mm -hmm. I did. And he's wanting that. So he's definitely needing some guidance. And it's really exciting. I'm super excited to kind of watch him grow this next year and hopefully, yeah, give him as much by advice as, as I can. That's we'll awesome. See. Yeah. So we'll see how much he asks. But. 
we'll see what happens. Yeah. What about you, <laughs> Alec? Yeah, I mean, I grew up with my mom and dad, and then I have two younger siblings, so I'm the oldest. Um, my brother, he is about about a year and a half younger than I am, um, so he's just wrapping up college here in the next year. Um, and then I've got a sister who is about four or five young, four or five years younger than mm-hmm. I am, um, and she is going into her second year of college next year. So. Nice. And yep, isn't sorry. it? Isn't it funny because you have like A B C? Isn't that how your siblings are? They each have like that first letter of their name. Yep. Yeah. It was completely unintentional by my parents, but I'm <laughs> Alec, and then it went Brandon, and then it went Claire. So it ended up being A B C. So. Are you two going to try to finish the line? Like go on to D now? <laughs> we had talked about that. We actually tried to get his siblings on board too. <laughs> so we could just continue the tradition completely. Yep. And the other two, Brandon and Claire, were not so much on board. Uh, we also, which is have, to, fine, well, we also but... have to come up with a D name for a boy and a girl. And we don't really like or agree on any names that start with yeah. D. So. I told them if they wanted to have a kid before us, because <laughs> I love any name that starts with an E, I love. Yo. So I just told them if they want to continue this tradition, they can have a kid before we do, and they can name it with a D name, and then we'll just continue and have E, and there then I'll go. be happy. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Planning ahead for the future. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what was, um, you talked about family life. What was school like for both of you and, like, hobbies that you did through school? Yeah, so, I mean, for me, um, I kind of did a little bit of everything. I did soccer for a year um i played baseball all the way up through middle school hockey was kind of my big sport Mm -hmm. so i played that through my freshman year of high school um and did a lot of that um and then just like other like random stuff like when i turned 10 i got certified to scuba dive nice um so i remember like fifth grade alec getting pulled out of class early to go you know, scuba dive in a lake to finish up my certification. So I say all the oceans that are in Minnesota for you to go scuba dive in. Yeah, exactly. So you get to go swim and dive in a murky lake. So, but no, that was fun. It was a little scary, but the lake that we were in, it had a, uh, a back half of a airplane that crashed in there years and years ago. So that was kind of cool to see. And then, they used the lake quite a bit for, um, you know, other dive schools. So there was platforms that were down at 30 feet at the bottom of the lake that you could do like your skills and show your instructor and everything. So it was fun. That's really cool. Yeah. So I kind of did a mix of a lot of different things kind of growing up and then you know, Bailey always reminds me that I was the teacher's pet <laughs> through uh, grade school. And so, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with her on that one. But, yeah. I, I enjoyed school for the most part, I mean, especially in high school. Yeah. So. And we can get to high school in a little bit, too. Yeah. Yep. What yeah, about you, I was Bailey? The opposite. Yeah, I was the opposite. Um it was school related. So when I was younger, I did not care at all, honestly. And I, you know, the thing about it too, is I don't really remember having an excuse as to why I didn't care because I I wasn't super involved in sports. I wasn't super involved in anything 
activity wise, that would kind of keep me from wanting to pay attention in school. I think I just didn't really find a reason to within myself. Um, and so I just kind of went through it. I mean, like Alex said, I joke about him being the teacher's pet quite often. <laughs> Again, I was completely the opposite. I had so many teachers that just told me and, you know, parent teacher in conferences, my parents, and I just never, you know, applied myself and seemed to care. And I was too worried about talking with others. And that hasn't changed very much. But <laughs> That's no different than now. Um, so maybe that's why I didn't care so much. I just wanted to make friends with everybody. But um, yeah, so that was that was hard, I think. Um, and to this day, I still remember that because I, I remember, you know, there were times when teachers would not believe me when I would say, you know, someone hurt my feelings or, you know, I remember specifically there were times where I accidentally did something um, like I wrote my name in the wrong spot or something and they called me out in front of the whole class. And I think just wow. little instances like that really kind of developed an anxiety hmm. of like raising my hand and ask, answering questions and all of that, where it's kind of, you know, I was a little bit of an anxious kid. And I think all of those instances just combined and I just got quieter and quieter. And so I don't think I really, I mean, I didn't apply myself. I'll be completely honest, but mm -hmm. Um, it got better and I figured it out, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of my teachers, if, if you were to go back and probably read report cards, they did not have the greatest things to say about me, but that's okay. See, and that so surprises me, like knowing who you are now, cause you're a very outgoing person. Like I always <laughs> know you took your studies so strongly in college. So like, I, that just shocks me to hear, but I can understand like, if you have those negative experiences, like how that can affect you and not want you to apply yourself. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I It's completely changed. And I think a lot of it was external forces. My parents weren't the type of parents to really push me in school. Mm. They didn't really care how I did. Um, and then in high school, when I, when I had to care personally, I think my internal motivation just sparked. And now sure. it's completely internal. And I have really, you know, again, my parents have never really cared how well I do. And so it all has to come from me. And it just, I think it took me a while to figure that out. Yeah. 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 Well, that's really cool. So as we're kind of transitioning for elementary school, we're heading off to like middle school, high school. Was your middle school attached to your high school or were they still two separate buildings? It was two separate buildings. So okay. elementary was through fifth grade, middle school is six, seven, eight, and then high school nine through 12. Okay. So exactly like how my school district was then. Yep. So what was kind of like that experience? Like you both, now you had given her that love letter. She was understanding who you were by fifth grade and stuff. How did that kind of transition into middle school and grow? And along with the rest of how middle school is just a crazy time. That's something so many people on my podcast talk about is like you learn and grow so much and a lot of it can be negative, but at the end you find so many positives from the negatives. Yeah. I mean, middle school I think is definitely like a really weird, odd, awkward time. I think for everyone, like, I mean, what I say about middle school is you have what is it? What do I say? You have no freedom yeah. and you have, um, it's not fun, right? Mm -hmm. Like elementary school is fun 
but you have no freedom. So you have one and, you know, a bad thing. Middle school is like no freedom and no fun. And then you get to high school and you have, you know, a bunch of fun and you have freedom. So Mm -hmm. middle school is just kind of this awkward time and everyone is, you know, growing and just trying to figure out who they are. And, you know, it ends up working out by the time eighth grade rolls around. But it's, it's definitely a weird time. So, yeah, I think as a female, it's so hard because as you get further into middle school, the cliques and the groups really start to form. Mm -hmm. And it's so reliant on how early you wake up to put makeup on and how you put the makeup on. And if Mm -hmm. you curl your hair and if you don't curl your hair and all of those things, I mean, it is in high school, too, but it's starting to develop in middle school. And so that shift of like nobody caring really what you wear, what you look like to everybody's talking about you is so hard to grasp. And it's like, you have to, and it changes by the minute almost like the things that are cool one day are not cool the other day. And clothes too. Like that was a big thing is spending, Mm -hmm. you know, $30 on a Abercrombie shirt to, you know, fit in. Right. Kind of a thing. Or I know my mom would always buy me like medium shirts, even though maybe I should have been wearing a small and she's like, you'll grow into it. And it's like, oh, no, I got to freshman year and I still didn't grow into that bloody shirt. Right. (laughs) Exactly. Alec is wearing some shirts now that he was supposed to grow into (laughs) in middle school. Yeah, there's still some there's still some clothes that like I've been wearing for like, I mean, just like my white undershirts, yeah. that, like under a dress shirt or something. Like I've had some of those forever. Babe, gross. <laughs> they get washed. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> so how did your guys's um, personal relationship together start to grow in middle school? Middle school is tough. I mean, it grew definitely, but I think there was a time there, what, in seventh grade, I think we kind of just grew apart for a little bit, kind of did our own thing and whatever else. And then I think towards the end of seventh grade and then all the way through eighth grade, you know, we started talking again and hanging out. And I mean, it was always a big push. You're still pretty young in middle school, right? So you're like sitting there arguing with your parents that you want to go on a date and they're like, no, you're like. 13 years old you don't need to be going on a date kind of a thing so I remember having that conversation and I think Bailey does too yeah my parents were a lot more strict in that sense of you're not officially dating anyone until you're 16 Hmm. um and so like hanging out with Alec was difficult which is fine but I mean as difficult as it can be being neighbors right like Mm -hmm. I mean he would skateboarded across or ripstick across my house and I would see him and we would just talk in the driveway or something like that so I mean that part was a little bit tricky but yeah that time and I think that time that we didn't talk in like seventh and eighth grade probably impacted me a little bit more than it did for you because I think you were just like I'm living my life let me just be a young kid yeah I think like in middle school you just end up being like a middle school boy kind of just Mm -hmm. you know trying to fit in with the cool kids and, you know, doing that and just, you know, playing sports and, you know, all that fun stuff. And you're, you kind of forget about, you know, girls or Mm -hmm. whatever for a little while. Yeah. 
No, and exactly. And that's exactly what happened. It's just, um, I just remember being like, oh my gosh, he doesn't like me anymore. And being so upset. <laughs> it sounds like a Romeo and Juliet moment almost. Like your parents don't want you to be together. It's like, yeah. Bailey, let down your hair. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I that's a great way of putting it actually because it's pretty accurate. I mean, there were... Yeah, for sure. At times, our parents were just like, absolutely not. This is, and I think, I mean, in in hindsight, right? And as an older adult yeah, now, exactly. if my child were to say that she or he wanted to spend a bunch of time with this person down the street, I would be freaking out at age 12 or 13. Mm-hmm. I mean, that well, would my, be so scary. Well, my 12 or 13 year old comes up to me like, hey, dad, can I go on a date? And it's like, you're 12 but at the time you know you think you're like super old and big and ready to take on the world so i mean looking back it's like wow well and you think about how hollywood shows it with like all of the shows they put on in movies it's like yeah 12 and 13 we are ready to start dating and doing all that stuff and being adults exactly yeah yeah exactly so i mean you feel like you're old enough and yeah, like Alex said, then in eighth grade, I think, is when we started talking in the spring. And then yeah. we officially, I talked my parents into it, <laughs> finally. We officially started dating on June 16th of, well, it would have been 2011, because on June 16th of this year was our 10 years officially together. Wow. So, yeah, in 2011. So, yeah, the summer going into freshman year of high school. Yeah. That's I keep crazy. wanting to, like, say college, right? <laughs> like, I'm not used to saying freshman year of high school, yeah. so I got to, like, catch myself. I'm bringing you back a little bit now. Yeah. Yes. That's for sure. So what kind of then was the transition like for high school in those years for all of you and, like, just life in general before college? Oof. I know, big question. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think that's where I did... I mean, other than college, and we'll get there later, um, but I would definitely say high school is probably one of the bigger places that, like, I grew and my priorities Mm -hmm. and life changed and, you know, all of that stuff. Like, for me, you know, going into high school, you know, I, I always excelled in school and I knew I probably wanted to do something in engineering once I graduated high school and went to college. Um, so Blaine high school had this opportunity. They had a magnet school within the normal high school and it was SEMS is what it was called. And it stood for center for engineering, mathematics, and science. Um, and I did that all four years. And with that, you know, we still took like the normal English classes and social studies classes, but we would take more advanced math and we'd be doing physics freshman year um, and different stuff like that. We took some engineering courses and um, some CAD modeling classes just to kind of get us into, you know, college. So that's kind of where I focused a lot of my time on in high school was doing that. And, you know, middle school is trying to just hang out with people and trying to fit in with, yeah. you know, the cool and popular kids. And, you know, once I got to high school, it was more of just like, you know what, like, it doesn't matter to me. I kind of, you know, figured out who I was um, and just focused on what I wanted to do and really didn't care too much about, you know, who I hung around with or, 
you know, trying to fit in with certain people. I just did my own thing. Yeah. So I'd never heard of a magnet school like that before. Like I know my high school was connected with like my community college a bit, but you didn't get to do that stuff till senior year. That's cool that you have those opportunities all four years. Yeah, no, it was, it was a awesome program. I mean, I'm trying to think and I, it was, it was new, like two years before I went to high school. So Mm -hmm. it was a pretty new program and they were still kind of figuring it out. But I don't know of any other high school in Minnesota that was doing like, there were some other ones around us that did like stuff for the arts and everything, but nothing for like math and science. Mm -hmm. So that was, that was really awesome. That is really cool. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. What about you, Bailey? Oh, yeah. Um, the transition from middle school to high school was easier than I honestly had anticipated. Good. Um, yeah, which is really interesting. Looking back, I and to be completely fair, I, I don't have a lot of memories still of, I would say, probably ninth grade, just in general, I think I was probably really overwhelmed and I blocked a lot of it out of my memory. Um, you got to remember but, though, us hanging out at the lockers before school started oh, in the morning. That was always the place, no matter what high school you went, it was the locker room. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yeah, no, it, it was fine. Um, high school in general though, for me, I mean, Alec had mentioned it, but I really figured out my priorities. Mm -hmm. And then I think a lot of it has to do, again, with just switching from having external motivation, which really wasn't a whole lot, to really focusing on my internal motivation and what that looks and feels like for me. But a lot of it, too, was Alec because he was so focused on his school and he, you know, had plans to become an engineer. And I just felt like, you know, if I want to be with this awesome guy... I have to kind of step up my game a little bit and have, you know, a plan and really set expectations for myself and be motivated to get into college, which is something that, you know, obviously I had wanted to do, but I didn't really know what that looked like for me at that time. And so I, I say it was partially me and partially Alec that really stepped up my game. But I think, I mean, through high school and college, I was really tough on myself grade wise Mm -hmm. and, figuring all of that stuff out, but I was able to find what I thought was my biggest passion in high school. So I had taken a biology class in seventh grade and I had loved that. And through high school, I took a lot of biology classes and took a lot of science classes. And that's kind of what my thought process going into college was going to be. And that totally shifted later down the road, but I definitely found kind of my biggest passions and what I excelled in, in high school. And the shift with teachers as well happened where I went from having teachers that didn't really believe in me to teachers that really believed in me. And they made sure that I was taken care of. And that I felt, um, I guess just that I, I felt wanted and accepted by them. And they definitely allowed me to grow and just came to my level. And I don't know, I, I don't really know how to describe it, but something just shifted and I feel like I was able to connect with teachers more and I had teachers that pushed me and that was something that I really needed. So in that sense, my high school experience was great. I think it set me up for college really well. And I took a lot of, you know, as many AP and college classes as I could and honors classes. 
to set myself up and I loved it. So in that aspect, I had a great high school experience. Um, in the other aspects, like the social aspects, I think high school is hard. It's mm-hmm. so tricky. And again, like, I don't want to say the female experience is harder because I have no idea if it is or not. But for me as a female, I mean, just, just the, I don't even know, the pettiness of mm. friends. And you think someone's your friend one day and then they're not your next day, the next day. And going through all of that and, you know, specifically, I'm not going to get super crazy and to detail on it, but I was in dance team my freshman and sophomore year um, because I danced in middle school and I truly loved it. I honestly wish I was still dancing right now somewhere, but um, <laughs> unfortunately that's not the case. Um, but I ended up quitting dance my sophomore year because the extreme bullying that was happening mm. was outrageous. And just, I mean, unfortunately, it wasn't just the other girls on the team. It was the coaches. It was the assistant coaches. It was just everybody that. around just was so it was the awful. Direct, it was the director of athletics yes. that, like, yeah. didn't do anything. Yeah, and I mean, it, it was so frustrating. And it's still so frustrating. It's something I'm so passionate about because I think, you know, looking back, I had major depression sophomore year and Mm -hmm. I didn't know what that felt like or what that was at the time. But looking back, it was, it was super real and really hard to go through and tough to navigate that whole situation. And, you know, not wanting to quit something in the middle of it, but also realizing that what you're doing every single day and going to practice is actually doing a lot worse than, you know, what quitting would do to the team. Mm -hmm. And so eventually I got to the point where, I couldn't take it anymore and I quit halfway through the season and I got ridiculed for that as well. And my mom had contacted the coaches through this time. She had contacted the director of athletics at the school. She had contacted counselors at the schools, as many people as she could think of and just being like, you know, what's going on is not okay. And nobody listened to her. Everyone was just like, it's fine. My coaches didn't even respond to her. They had nothing to say. And it's one of those things where it's like, how is it even possible? How is it even possible that so many people can be gatekeepers for this behavior and not stop it? And it happens more so than you would think. Yeah, it does. It's awful. And it's so frustrating because when we were in high school, they had bullying week and bullying month of like, Mm -hmm. let's come together and let's not do this. And then when something happens, they didn't care. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I felt so frustrated just going through that and navigating that because I was getting ridiculed at dance practice. I was getting called ugly by all the girls. And when I did, when I danced in front of the coaches with the whole team, they would specifically call me out and say I was doing awful and just nitpicking everything. And my hair wasn't pretty enough and all of these things that, I mean, it's just ridiculous. And Mm -hmm. nobody thought to stop any of it. See, I I hate that. I had similar things with extracurriculars I was in, but nothing to, like, that level. It was stuff that, like, you know what, I'm just going to brush it off. Like, the person's just an asshole. And, like, I can't right. stop someone from being an asshole. Um, but I think your story and the point that you bring is, like, you had professors and teachers, I guess in high school you don't have professors, but um, that really were there for you and built you up and showed you what you needed. And that's what you need in high school. And it shows that that 
really helped you become more motivated and wanting to intrinsically want to help yourself. But when you have coaches or other teachers that are bringing you down and being assholes, like that really affects things a whole lot more than all the good. So I, I'm very happy you got out of a negative situation. Like who cares if you had to drop it? Like people will say, oh, you know, you should have gone through it. Like that's life. You know what? Life isn't always about getting beat up and be getting brought down. You have to know when to stand up for yourself and know that's not okay. So I give you a lot of credit for that because there are moments I wish I had done that. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. You have to figure out what's best for yourself and not listen to everyone that's going to critique you because to be honest, they were critiquing you before and they're probably going to critique you after, but at least you're out of a negative situation. And that's how I, I mean, that's kind of my life, (laughs) my life what's the word that I'm looking for I guess motto right now even yeah people are gonna be mean if they're gonna be mean and it's up to you to put yourself you know with them or without them and whatever is gonna make you feel better is what you need to do so yeah I'm super happy I got out of the situation I don't regret any second of it um but it definitely definitely created a sour taste for high school and just friendships after that were really hard so Mm -hmm. In general, I I would never go back to high school, but I am glad for the experiences that I had because they really did shape who I am and I learned how to stand up for myself when I had previously never done that. That's awesome. It was good. So now let's kind of transition into college life. And I know for both of you, you kind of separated a bit when you were looking at colleges. So can you kind of talk about that and how you ended up coming to the decision that you did? Yeah, I mean, we have two different stories. I think, yeah, that's the best. I think think there's a lot of like uncertainty (laughs) and everything that happens, like whether or not Bailey and I actually plan to go to the same college. I think there's probably maybe like a little bit. Bailey will tell her story of it was a hundred percent separate. I, I mean, I don't know, but I think that's the story I, I heard. Yes. Yeah. Because that's the right one. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. But no, I mean, I knew I wanted to do aerospace engineering. Mm -hmm. um, And there's only a handful of schools around, you know, Minnesota that have that program because it's so specialized. Uh, And Iowa State was one of them. So Mm -hmm. I remember going down there for my tour and I... I absolutely loved the campus and I'm sure, you know, Tyler, you, I mean, I know you fell in love with it. I know Bailey did. I mean, it was, it was wonderful. And I, you know, I grew up 20, 25 minutes North of the university of Minnesota, twin cities, Mm -hmm. um, which they had aerospace. It's a phenomenal school and everything, but I mean, I went down there and it's just, it's thrown in the middle of a big city, like one building's, a school one buildings you know just some random building down there that's a business or a, you know something like that so I liked the separation of Iowa State and the campus that they had and that's kind of how I chose that um and then Bailey uh she just decided to follow me and copy me <laughs> how to keep the relationship going <laughs> she, she knew I was going there and she better come with no I if anything, you followed me. So. It might have been that, too. I don't know. Again, 
I don't remember what happened. We have to go back into their paperwork and be like, who submitted their application first? That was that Alex. Was him. Was oh, Alex. there you go. <laughs> exactly. I toured first. I applied first. I got accepted first. Listen to my Ooh. story. That might change. He's got you there, go Bailey. It. Do it. Let's do <laughs> so, it. Back sophomore year in high school. <laughs> Emphasis on the sophomore year. Um, I'm just kidding. But yeah, no, sophomore year in high school, we had a college fair just Mm -hmm. kind of in the gym area. Uh, And again, we're 20 minutes north of University of Minnesota, Twin Cities. So, of course, they were there. All of the University of Minnesota schools, all the Minnesota schools, um, a lot of the Wisconsin schools, because those are really heavily um, driven. So... They were pretty much the only ones there. There were a couple from kind of outside the Midwest. And of course, Iowa State was there. So I had gone around to every single college, like pretty much every single one, and got a pamphlet and probably like a freebie, because why not? (laughs) (laughs) And at that point, I just racked up all of the information. I didn't really spend a whole lot of time talking with schools. I don't really remember a whole lot about that day, but I do remember coming home that night and going through and looking at every single pamphlet and kind of figuring out, you know, at that time I knew I wanted to do something science. I wasn't sure exactly which fields, but I knew it had to be science. So I knew which schools I could kind of cross off the list if they didn't have a lot of science and which schools are really heavily into science. So going through those, I just remember having Iowa State's pamphlet and being like, oh my gosh, this school is beautiful. It's gorgeous. It's only three and a half hours away. I won't have to fly to school. I won't, you know, have to do anything super crazy. It's a Mm -hmm. relatively easy drive. And they had a lot of science programs and I loved that. And so right away, I just knew, I was like, you know, I'm not going to go anywhere else. This seems like the right fit for me, has everything I want. It's a big school. I wanted a big school. Mm -hmm. I didn't want a small school. So it just kind of, it checked all of the boxes that honestly, at the time, I didn't even know were my boxes. I just yeah. knew for some X, Y, and Z reasons, I really loved Iowa State. So I knew sophomore year, I didn't even look at any, I didn't tour a single other school. I just knew. I knew, and the funny part about it was, is I actually applied and accepted my enrollment before actually touring. Mm-hmm. I toured late into my senior year because okay. I just felt like I had to tour. I was like, you know, I just have to do it. I just want to make sure. But yeah, no, I just knew. And so from my point of view, I had known, but I had kind of kept it quiet because my parents didn't want me to go to Iowa State because it was too oh. far and it was really expensive. Um, which we figured that out later, but it's fine. And so I didn't really say a whole lot about it. I kind of kept it to myself for a while. Um, and then Alec was looking into schools. And I remember when he started talking about colleges, he was talking about the University of Texas, Austin. Yep. Or oh, okay. Iowa State. And Two very like, different areas. Exactly. Like yeah. huge, vastly different country, like part of the country. And so at that point, I was like, well, I mean, you're talking about Iowa State. I'm talking about Iowa State. I'm not, I didn't want to push him. I'm sure I did because I was pretty, I don't want to say clingy back then, but I kind of was. (laughs) I'll admit to it. So I feel like in my head, I didn't really push him towards Iowa State. But I think for both of us, it was kind of an added bonus and just a comfort Mm -hmm. of knowing that we are both going to the same school but I mean we kind of made that decision separate in the sense of 
we both knew that this school was going to be the best for us. Mm -hmm. And it just was wonderful that it was the same. School. It just, it happened to work out that we both got to go to the same school. Okay. Yeah. But it was good for both of our right. degrees. Yep. Alec, are you still sore from all the arm twisting she gave you? <laughs> yeah. I mean, a little bit. So I think that's going to be long lasting. <laughs> well, you put the ring on it. So yeah, exactly. It doesn't matter anymore. There we go. Now no, my arm can hurt for the rest of my life. <laughs> so you all kind of get to campus and stuff. What were some strong memories you had? And how did you both grow through your education as well as just personal life? Because I believe college is so much more you growing personally than you do academically. Like, yeah, you get your degree at the end of the four years, but it's all of you growing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, uh, I, that, that's a, I mean, that's a whole thing to unpack. At yes. college was, that was the biggest four years of my life. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I guess freshman year, I'll just start with that and then let Bailey talk and we can kind of, I guess, go through that. But yeah, freshman year, that was, that was a big shock. Like, I mean, in everything, like academically, personally, mm -hmm. um, I remember, you know, the first couple nights of, you know, being dropped off and moving into my dorm in Maple. And I didn't sleep very well the first couple nights. Like, you're away from home. Mm -hmm. You're in this weird place. You've got this weird roommate that you've never met in your life sleeping, you know, four or five feet away from you on the other side of the room. And it was, it was odd. And, but it, it definitely pushed me. Um, and then school academically, like, you know, I always did really well in high school and found it really easy to study the night before an exam and go in, get an A the next mm -hmm. day and call it a day. But I got to college and that was definitely not the case. Like it took me probably up until the middle of sophomore year to really figure out how to study properly that sure. worked and I could actually get, you know, decent grades so um but yeah i mean it definitely made me you know independent i wasn't reliant on my parents anymore um as much as i had been and yeah i don't know there's, there's a lot there but it mm -hmm. definitely made me grow a lot and then you know i would say probably the last few years of college is kind of where that all came into play but i'll let bailey kind of yeah i mean i agree it was a huge shift in every aspect of my life, as I think it is for everyone. And I agree with you, Tyler. I think, I think it's it's a huge point in life for everybody. And I think if you have the opportunity to live away from home, no matter what college you're going to, mm -hmm. I think it's such a good experience because mm -hmm. you really do. I mean, even just living in a different place, like Alex said, you don't sleep the first few nights. You're with people that you've never met before yeah. or you, you know, but I mean, now you're living with them and it's a totally different situation and you're just put in such uncomfortable spots and situations. And I think, I mean, I say this all the time and I'm a huge proponent of this, but you don't grow as well unless and until you've been put in uncomfortable situations. And I'm always actively striving for uncomfortable situations because of that. And I think you just grow so much more. 
but it doesn't make it easy, right? No. no. So it's it's one of those things where looking back, I am so thankful every single day. That was hard. Those first, I mean, really the first year, but kind of the first two years. And I'm grateful for everything that happened. But in the moment, I mean, I had thought about transferring a handful of times freshman year, Mm -hmm. just getting closer to home and not being so far away and, you know, craving that comfortable and being in a new state and having all of this crazy stuff. I mean, my my freshman roommate and I knew each other from high school and Mm -hmm. that was great. And I thought it was wonderful. And it ended up turning into a really negative situation and something that I don't really wish on anybody, to be honest. It was really hard and it drove a really big wedge between Alec and I that was really, really hard to get through freshman year. I mean, freshman year was really tough and just all of the new experiences, right? I mean, he wants to do his own thing and I want to do my own thing, but like, how do we navigate this together was tough and then Mm -hmm. adding the roommate conflicts. And so I actually ended up moving out of my first dorm after first semester and having a new roommate kind of across campus. And that was incredible. It was so, it was vastly different because moving in freshman year, at the beginning of the year, at least I knew my roommate. Yeah. But this was like middle of the year. I don't know this person in a totally different building in a totally different area of campus. And it was a great experience. But to be honest, I had thought about leaving just about every week for the first probably two months of spring semester freshman year. I was making plans to, to get out. And I'm so thankful that I didn't. And, um, you know, I'm pretty spiritual and I know God wanted me to stay in that spot Mm -hmm. and that was my calling. And so, you know, he made it work and I, I'm so thankful for that because the experiences that I had sophomore, junior and senior year, I, I really don't think I would be the same person today. I think I grew so much and learned so much about myself and other people and all of those things that I I don't think I would have done if I had left. So the hardships were really, really hard, but the good times are really, really good. So it's I would change a thing. Yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, life is balanced, right? Yeah. Like it's not all going to be positive. It's all not going to be negative. And you just figure out ways to cope through the negative and figure out ways to hold on to the positives. And mm-hmm. I think that's something huge that I got out of college, just that mindset of nothing lasts forever. And find ways to push through and then when it's good make sure to remember the good mm-hmm. yeah i mean i think to build off of that like i think it taught you that like when you know you think you've reached your limit you can always keep moving forward yep. like there's always you can always do more and you can always be better at whatever you're doing mm-hmm. at that moment oh yeah um, push yourself yeah I also yep. moved mid-year of my freshman year, but I chose to go to a single room instead of getting another roommate. Oh, <laughs> uh, I didn't know that. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm jealous. Where did you move to? What so, single room there? I was very lucky. So you all know that I had a lot of good buddies on my floor my first year. So I uh, just moved like five rooms down on my same floor to a single room. A guy who I didn't know super well came up to me one day. He's like, hey, I know you and your roommate aren't doing super hot. I'm leaving to go to my fraternity house. My room's going to be open. If you want, when I, like, like say I'm not coming back, you can jump on to, uh, we had Access Plus, and just log in and take that room. And so literally never really talked to this guy, did that, and then, like, 
had a single room then. And I stayed on the floor with all of my buddies and I kept that room up into my junior year, basically. What, uh, what dorm were you in again? Buchanan. Okay. Yep. That's what I thought. Yep. Three and a half years there. Only moved once. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. That worked out. Buchanan (laughs) was always my Iowa State home. Yes. No kidding. It's nice to find one. Yes. It's really nice to be in one spot. I'm so thankful that I was in Willow for three years. Do you want to talk about kind of how you got to Willow and the family you created through that? Yeah. Oh, gosh, Willow. My heart. (laughs) I was actually just going through kind of old memories and stuff the other day, and I messaged Alec in our work chat, and I was like, gosh, I miss Iowa State, and I miss Willow. Mm -hmm. Was it this morning? That was this morning, yeah. I I miss it. It's crazy that it's been two years. Um, But yeah, so I'll I'll start because this story is actually really crazy, and I won't stay on it for too long. But so going into sophomore year, my financial aid award came back, and Mm -hmm. I had owed basically double, and there was no way I was paying for it. Oh, wow. So the entire summer going into sophomore year, I was actually figuring out how I was going to pay for it, and really determining that I wasn't going to be able to pay for it. And so I had the previous year um, applied and interviewed to be a community advisor my freshman year for my sophomore year, but I didn't get it right away. So, and I had known that because they, you know, told everybody before the year was over. And so I had kind of lost hope on that. Um, And I went down and talked with a couple advisors at the University of Minnesota Twin Cities Mm -hmm. because it was going to be a little bit cheaper and I could stay at home and make it a lot cheaper. And I had started the process of getting all of my stuff together to transfer there. And I remember the week that I found out I got the community advisor job, I remember sitting there and just being like, God, tell me what I need to do because mm-hmm. I don't know what this, I don't want to go to the University of Minnesota, but I can't afford Iowa State. And just really praying on what my path was and I needed some sign. And I remember the day very clearly that I was told I was going to be a community advisor. At that point, they had sent background checks to people who were going to be awarded mm-hmm. the job before they awarded you the job, but everybody knew that if you got a background check, you got a job. (laughs) So I had checked my email, I think it was like a Thursday night at one one o'clock in the morning, like Mm -hmm. right before I went to bed. It was super late. Super late at night. And I saw a background check come through and I was shocked. It was like three days after I had met with these counselors at University of Minnesota and I had given up pretty much hope of Iowa State, and here's this job that I wanted so bad, and that was going to help me stay at Iowa State because they paid for a lot of it, um, which was wonderful. And Mm -hmm. honestly, I'm an Enneagram 2. I don't know how many people know that, but I'm Enneagram 2, so I love helping people. And so I knew this job was going to be a wonderful experience for me. So I was so excited. And I remember getting the background check and just bawling, mm-hmm. just crying to myself in my room at one in the morning. And I texted Alec because he was awake, but I wanted to tell my mom so bad. And I couldn't because I couldn't wake her up. <laughs> so this is work night. And so I just remember not being able to sleep that night and being so excited the next day and waiting for the letter of 
where I was going to be placed. And I was at work the next day and I got the letter or maybe two days after, because I think it took a little bit, but I don't remember it being two days. I remember it happening like pretty much instantaneously, which it probably didn't. But yeah, I remember getting that letter and it being, it's being there and saying Willow. And I was so upset. (laughs) (laughs) I did not want Willow. I was like any other building. I didn't want to be that far off campus. I wanted Eaton or Martin or these sweet styles where like, you know, you think you're going to get that as a community advisor. And of course they only have, you know, 10 spots available. So the chances are low, but I just remember being like, shoot, that's not the one that I wanted. And dang it it right. And (laughs) honestly, looking back, I laugh at myself because if I wasn't in Willow, I mean, three fourths of my bridal party would be completely different. Yeah. (laughs) Three of them before would be mm-hmm. totally different. I mean, all of our our entire friend group yeah. would be completely different right now. Yeah. So, so yeah, it was it was crazy. Um, and so getting that experience and going and meeting my best friends and my group of girls that I like trust with my life and everything. I mean, the people that I met through the community advisor experience and you are included in that are just like my dearest people. I could not imagine my college experience without any of them again, Mm -hmm. including you. I mean, you all got me through so many things and supported me. And I changed my major so many times throughout being a community advisor and everybody stuck with me and encouraged me the entire time. And nobody thought I was crazy. And meeting you know my residents and having that community of people that you know I just couldn't hang out with and they respected me and for the most part for the most part they respected me and I respected them as much as a (laughs) freshman resident there's always those black sheep that you're just like please leave my floor don't come back next year I'm okay with you going things. Do, do uh-huh. something so we can kick you out of the hall. Exactly. <laughs> Don't say. That. Like Just Alec, sometimes... do you Alec, do you remember the neighbor I had for I think like half a semester, but he always was smoking weed and you and I, I like would complain to you about it. And then one day we like smelled it, we were able to call and like I think he did end up getting kicked out from that, but I was just like finally a reason someone can see it i don't have to keep doing this no i do remember that yeah i don't know who decides that they're going to be roommates or right next to the ca and then smoke weed Mm -hmm. i'm like i don't care that you do it just don't do it next to my room yeah exactly right yeah yeah no that was crazy yeah there's some crazy stories that's for sure. Oh, yeah. I think I might even do an episode bringing a lot of my CA friends and be like, let's just talk about the weird stuff we've gone through. Because I know so many people yeah. from so many institutions now. I'm like, let's just talk about what life was like being mm. a community advisor. I was just going to recommend yes. that. That would be incredible. Please, Every if you per- would like to invite us, we would yes. love to be on that. <laughs> that would be funny. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. And like I tell a lot of people that maybe I didn't know at Iowa State at the time, but they know the school, they know the buildings. And I'm like, yeah, Buchanan and Willow were like sister buildings my year. And they're like, but they aren't even close to each other. I'm like, yeah, but the staffs just got along so well and stuff like they were our sister building. 
We'd like yeah. do dinners and stuff, and I would always enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. It no, uh, Willow, or as they called themselves, Chillo over there. <laughs> they uh, they were their own type of people over there. The, we had such a strong. They group. uh, you know, they they got uh, matching like quarter zips. I remember and, those. And when everyone's like showing up to the end of the year CA banquet, like dressed up nice, these guys like come rolling in with their jeans and their like quarter zips uh-huh. on. It's like real classy guys. We were a mood, but at the same time, <laughs> it was, it was fun. incredible. It was so much fun. And again, we, I mean, our rounds, which for those of you who don't know, we at certain times of the night had to walk the whole building just to make mm-hmm. sure the building was doing okay and the residents were fine. Um, and so we would kind of walk either with another CA on the weekends or by ourselves on the weekdays. And I just remember my rounds would take like two hours sometimes mm-hmm. because every other CA had their doors open and we would just talk yeah. and I would go floor to floor and talk for 15 minutes with Phaedra and talk for 15 minutes with Maylette or sometimes even longer. And it was such a fun environment. We all had each other's backs. We could text each other in an instant. And one of us was in the building and ready to help. And I mean, our amazing hall director, I have to give him a shout out, Evan Knespel. I mean, seriously, incredible. Just the best, the best hall director I could have asked for. And he... And he made the decision to pick his community advisors based on personality and how well they would get along. Mm-hmm. And I give him major props because, you know, we all got along so well. And again, I probably would have never met any of them if it wasn't for him. And he just picked our personalities so accurately <laughs> and just knew how well we would mesh um, and was just, again, like the best hall director I could have asked for. So yeah, it was it was a great experience. I, I learned a lot. I grew a lot. It's not all sunshine. I mean, there were hard, hard moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, as every community advisor has probably had to deal with, there's hard times where you just you feel for other people and you have to emotionally be there when you're wrecked because hearing what somebody else just went through wrecks you. Yeah. But they're looking for you for support. And you have to find that and it's, it's hard, but yeah, it's, it's the most rewarding thing. And at least that's how I felt and I'm mm-hmm. grateful for it. Alec, how about you and your kind of CA experience? Yeah. I mean, it was, it was a bit different from Bailey, um, just in like the whole process. So we, both her and I, we, uh, the end of freshman year, both got interviews to be a CA for the following year, which would have been our sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, she, like she said, she was put on the wait list, so she wasn't, you know, picked right off the bat. Um, me, on the other hand, I was literally straight up told no, like oh. not happening. So, um, and I mean, I'm barely quiet. I'm not the best, you know, talker, especially back like freshman mm-hmm. year of college. Um, I've definitely grown since then, but. Yeah, they just told me straight up no. Um, And then sophomore year, going into junior year, I interviewed again. Um, And at that time, like, Bailey's been a CA for a year. Mm -hmm. I learned a lot, what, like, what the job entailed, how to 
go through different situations. Um, and then I was put on the wait list. So I mm-hmm. made it that far this time. Um, but then similar to Bailey, like she, she was told two weeks yeah. before she had to move in for CA training. Mm-hmm. And that was the same way with me. I remember, I mean, I was um, at a soccer game with my brothers and I think they changed it up a little bit. I think I got, no, I think it was the background check. I think it was randomly, it was just a background check. And Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm like, I got to go do this. So I went and sat in the car and did it super quick. And, you know, lo and behold, I was talking with uh, some of the CAs in Buchanan. And supposedly the hall director sent out uh, like, you know, two or three two or three of these background checks to different people for one open position and whoever filled out their background check the fastest got the job. And I guess I filled it out the fastest. I also have heard that. So uh, <laughs> I'm glad you heard that too. Oh yeah. I, th- I think Tyler might've been the one that told me. I might've, I think I was, I was in a one-on-one and that got mentioned. I'm like, Oh, okay. Well, I'm happy yeah. he got in first. <laughs> yep. So yeah, I mean, for that, it was the year after Bailey, but it was, it was, again, it was like two weeks before having to move down for CA training. So I got everything together and, you know, we, Bailey and I moved down there and yeah, no, it was good. I was in Buchanan both years, um, met Tyler there, <laughs> met Zomar, met a bunch of other CAs. Um, I was up on sixth floor yeah, sixth floor, um, my junior year, my first year. And then once Tyler graduated, I went and stole his room because he had the, uh, his own bathroom and shower and everything. I, and I absolutely, I hate sharing that stuff. Um, so I went and snagged his room and made sure. So, but no, it was, it was good. A lot of funny stories. Um, I probably was not as close to my residence as Bailey was. Mm-hmm. I spent a decent amount of time with all the Willow CAs, um, hanging out over there a lot. Cause again, they were a real fun group of people. Mm-hmm. So, but no, it was good. Met a lot of good people. Um, a lot of good times that made me grow. Cause again, like I said, I don't like public speaking. I'm not super good. You know, I wasn't super good talking with people. You know, I know I was younger, but that kind of forced me out of my comfort zone mm-hmm. um, and having to hold meetings, floor meetings and introducing myself and picking cabinet members, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So well, it was a good time. I remember first meeting you when you were moving in and I was by the elevator putting up a bulletin board. And I wish I remembered the conversation, but I don't know if I if you said something or I said something but, like, I just remember it being super awkward. I think it was I made it awkward. So I'm like, this guy's never going to be my friend. Like, I just ruined this one. I'm like, well, there we go. I'm just going to keep pulling up my bulletin boards, and we will just will never talk during staff meetings. I think I vaguely remember that. I think because, I mean, you're always, like, super excited and mm-hmm. super, like, upbeat and, like, wanting to meet new people. And I, I remember walking in and having, like, a, a – very small conversation i'm just like who is this guy Mm -hmm. i'm like i gotta work with people like this alex like i just want to hide and not talk to anybody (laughs) (laughs) 
But yeah, I think it was the same way. But I mean, that obviously completely changed. Exactly. Yeah. I remember. I remember meeting Zomar. Yes. Um, and he, for I thought I heard him say Omar, <laughs> not Zomar, but he spelled his name out, and it was you know X I O M A R, mm-hmm. and I was like, that's an odd way to spell Omar, but I guess the X and I are silent. <laughs> um, but yeah, later on. I've learned it was Zomar and not Omar. So. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah. That's funny. Yep. So you're listening, Zomar. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember too, especially you, because you were so shocked and a little bit mad about it. But when we had to do like, we had to do certain messages for our students, like, oh, LLLs they were. I don't know what LLL stood <laughs> for, but basically like you talk to a resident and it had to be about some learning model, and you had, like, done them. And Zomar and I looked at each other like, oh, Alec, like, we haven't done those. Like, no one's going to check them. And you were so mad. You're like, what? I've been doing it for two weeks, and you guys have just been, like, blowing this off. And you were like, even you that does everything? And I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, Zomar and I were composite. We did not always think the same way, but you needed a Zomar and a Tyler on staff. Yeah. No, I remember we were over at, uh, we were over at Joffrey. Yes. Um, playing like yard games because they were throwing like a big event on um and we were talking crap about llls and just how like (laughs) big of a waste of time they were to be honest and you know you guys are over here not doing them and i'm spending like decent amount of time Mm -hmm. and i was like all right not doing them and you know it wasn't until kirsten got on my butt every once in a while to do them and then i do five of them and not do them for the next four weeks and Mm -hmm. i think i maybe did two rounds of LLLs my entire three years as a community (laughs) advisor. I did not. Um, This is funny. One of my friends, Nick Johnston, he was a CA in Willow. I don't know if you remember him. I remember Um, the name. Okay, yep. So he, this is awful. I don't think he'll mind me sharing this. Um, It's very smart. It's super smart. So he put all of the LLL models. It was like a 1.1 is academics and 1.2 is social life and there's a whole list Mm -hmm. um and he just wrote those on a piece of paper individually put them in a hat and he would just shuffle them around and pick one out of the hat and write a bs story about it every week and that's how he determined what his llls were (laughs) (laughs) he did them but not really (laughs) hey he wrote something yeah there you go that counts for something yeah like I said, they were rarely checked to begin with. Rarely. There's a reason why they only lasted for a year, and then after that, they didn't. No, mm. they didn't make us do them. <laughs> so, as we kind of transition out of like college years and stuff, you both ended up getting to work at the same company. But I know that you were going to move to Wichita at one point too, and that kind of changed to moving to Minnesota. Yeah, that was wild. That was um, a whole oh, Yeah, so just some background. Um, going into senior year of college, I took an internship with Textron Aviation down in Wichita, Kansas. Um, and so I spent the summer down there as a marketing analyst intern, um, which I loved. I had the best time. I like truly met some great people and I loved my experience down there. I, I loved Wichita and Alec had visited me a couple times for my birthday and helping me move in and we had a blast. So 
after that internship and towards the end, they offered me a job full time after I graduated, which mm-hmm. is incredible. And again, I loved the experience, so I really wanted to go back. So I accepted the offer before classes even started, or senior year. And so really the goal was, okay, I have a job. We just need to get Alec a job in Wichita, Kansas. Yep. For, you know, we have basically an entire year. And yep. this will be easy. You know, there there isn't a ton of, you know, places for Alec to find a job in Wichita, Kansas. But Textron Aviation is a huge general aviation company. Mm-hmm. So it was one of those things where cool. I mean, we've got to figure it out. I had told my boss in Wichita that, you know, my soon to be husband, my fiance, he's an aerospace engineer. He'd love to work for the company too. And they were like, awesome. We can help him get a job. And so the entire school year, we were like, just kind of applying. Alec was mostly applying for places in Wichita. And during the career fair, he had a couple interviews and had met with, you know, Spirit Aerosystems. Yep. Is that what their title yep. is? Um, they're also down partially in Wichita, Kansas. So we thought it was a shoe and we were fine. Um, and as like the year kind of progressed and Alec had interviews and I mean, nothing really came out of it. He had great interviews. He actually had someone from Textron tell him, we'll see you soon. And nice. then nothing came out of it, which was super disheartening. See you soon. And then winked at me. So that kind of felt like a shoe in the door. Um, And then I was ghosted from there. So that was awesome. Yeah, that was really hard because we were like, and that was actually in the fall. So we thought at that point, we both have jobs in the same place. We are set. Like, Mm -hmm. we don't have to care all senior year. Um, And then, you know, that didn't work out. And then we kept, you know, I kept applying. And then spring semester rolled around and we ended up, you know, thinking, okay, well, this isn't working, so we need to expand our search a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cirrus, where we now work, um, is out of Minnesota, out of Duluth. And, you know, we're from Minnesota. So naturally, Alec had known about Cirrus for a while growing up, and it wasn't something I was super familiar with at the time, but it was exciting because you know, we both have a passion for aerospace. And so I was like, yeah, you know, Minnesota, it's easy, it's super close to home. Like, just apply there and see what happens. Apply to a couple other places. I had told him from the start, since my degree is in marketing, it's really easy for me to find a job anywhere. Like, I'm not location specific, but he is. Mm-hmm. So I told him, wherever you get a job, I will move because I know it's going to be reasonably easy for me to find something in marketing or something in business. So I can let you tell the story of how you got your interview and everything, but ultimately, um, yeah, we ended up in Duluth. Alec, you wanna? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to. Sometimes I kind of get this all mixed up, but it was. March. I, yeah, it was. It was March. It was right towards the end of senior year, and I was applying for some jobs at Cirrus, and um, it was spring break. I was home for spring break, and I was due to get my wisdom teeth pulled out. <laughs> right. So. What a time. Yeah, I know. It's so much fun. Um, But about two days before I was supposed to get them pulled out, I just, like, I didn't, I mean, I'm not going to get into it, but I didn't really like the doctor who was going to do it. And I was just kind of like a chicken and I chickened out. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to get my teeth pulled. Like, screw this. Um, So that was about two days before that was supposed to happen. And then the next day that I decided not to do it, I got a call from um, HR at Cirrus and they're like, hey, like, 
we want to set up an interview with you here in the next couple days. Nice. And I'm like, well, sweet. That worked out. I'm like, now I can actually talk instead of have gauze in my mouth and (laughs) be all numb. So that was kind of funny how that worked out. But I uh, interviewed with... uh, I interviewed with our executive director at the time and that went well. Um, and then probably about a couple, um, probably about a month. Yeah. About a month later yeah. I got a call and they're like, Hey, like we want to continue. Like, you know, do you want to come up to Duluth? And at that time we were down in Ames, Iowa mm-hmm. and decided that like, Hey, like I'll fly up there. Um, and then I had that interview and then from there, um, yeah, I think I kind of waited and it was about three weeks, um, until the end of the year that that's when I kind of figured out that we were moving up there. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, so when Alec had his first interview, I then was like, okay, he's had an interview at this place. It's time for me to start figuring out what I'm going to do in this location if he gets the job. So there's not a whole lot of companies also in Duluth. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. for me, coming from an aviation internship, naturally it made sense for me to just continue in the aviation industry. And I loved it. And I knew a lot about it from the internship. So I was like, I might as well see if Cirrus will allow me to work there too. So the day he had his interview, they posted a position that I applied to. And I was like, whoa, this is perfect. He just interviewed. And now this position seems like something that I'd be interested in. So he had his interview and then I had my interview. And then, yeah, pretty much by the end of April, we both knew that we were going to be in Duluth. Mm -hmm. But it was like we had planned our whole life down in Wichita because we figured that's where we were going to be. And then... You know, we graduated second week of May, and I don't even think I told my Wichita job until the first week in May because we were just making sure that we were actually going to accept the jobs when we got offered to them in late April. So I had told Textron like three weeks before I was supposed to start that, just kidding, you thought I was going to be here for an entire year. Ooh. Well, I'm not anymore. Which was really, it was really tough, but they were wonderful about it. Good. I, they were just like, you need to do what's best for your family, and I totally understand. So they made it really easy. But yeah, we had to pick up and totally switch our plans. And luckily, when he interviewed, um, after he interviewed, we came home for a weekend. And we actually drove up here and toured some apartments. Because I was like, I don't know, I have a feeling maybe we're going to get our jobs here and we're going to end up here. So, and Mm -hmm. we wouldn't have had another time to tour any apartment. So I'm grateful that we did when we were able to Mm -hmm. that one time, even though neither of us had job offers at that point, it was nice to just have an idea of where we would live. if We did. So that's kind of how we got to both working at Cirrus. They were great about it. I mean, and then, yeah. And then I remember too, uh, we were, (laughs) we were supposed to be down there. And I think Tyler, yeah. Oh, yeah. You worked down there at Wichita State, right, for the mm-hmm. summer? And- I did an internship there. I knew you guys and I had some other friends that lived down there, <laughs> yeah. too. But I was like, that would be fun if we all could. And, like, it was close enough, like, halfway to Iowa, halfway to Texas where I was at. Yep. Yeah. 
Yeah, so that I mean, was unfortunate. I that, felt yeah, yeah that, that sadly kind of fell through. Yeah. But that would have been so much fun. That would have that been, cool. been a good summer. I just know I texted Bailey so much. I was like, "What's some good places to eat at? Like, what were some things you did?" And I remember I really tried some great food that summer. That they have great food. A lot of people hate on Wichita, <laughs> but I say Wichita. You know, it's it's small. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to understand that going in. But the food there is so good. As long as you know the right places to go. Yeah. Oh, I crave it. I told Alec, we have a friend that's going to be moving to Wichita here soon. And I told Alec, we're going. Mm-hmm. I don't care how or when we go. I just want to eat. Because in my head, at the end of that summer, I knew I was coming back. So I was like, oh, like yep. I don't have to try all these other places. Or I don't have to go back to some of my favorites because we'll be back next summer. Yep. I never got that. So I have a whole plan for yep. when we go down again. Yep. And were you the one that told me again. about um, the restaurant Monarch? Yes. Okay. That became one of my it places. Yes. It's so good. What was what was your go-to? Did you have a go-to there, sandwich-wise? Yes. What was it? Oh, Lord, if I remember what the name of the sandwich was. I swear, um, if you guys hear the same sw- sandwich. Did I, it have cream cheese and turkey on it? I don't remember. It That sounds familiar, though. It Gosh, like I can't. Just say no, Tyler. Just say no. <laughs> I really liked their chips that they had, because like, you get chips yes. instead of fries, and I thought that was really yes. cool. Yes, that place was so good. That's actually, if I crave anything from Wichita, it's it's the Monarch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Did you ever go to the Biscuit place? I feel like I went there once, but it wasn't as you big know. of a hit to me as um, the Monarch was. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, I never went to the Monarch the two times that I was down there. But... Oh, you missed well, out. Well, see, I turned, yeah, I turned 21, and Alec was in Wichita both times before that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the places I discovered going out with coworkers once I was 21. So Alec, unfortunately, did not get to experience a lot of the food. So, yeah, I don't know. It's a give and take. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> so now you all have recently bought a house. I know you had said you were looking at apartments, but then that transitioned into you have a house. What do you think about being homeowners for the first time? It's crazy. <laughs> no, it's so good. It was a really like weird circumstance um, with COVID and all of that. Um, so we were planning on staying in the apartment for two years and that would be this upcoming summer. So we would have been out of our lease in May of this year. So just last month. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of the plan. We had signed up for a second year at that point. Um, and then pandemic hit and we were like, man, we need more space. Like mm-hmm. we are in this apartment and it was great. And, we were working from home at the time yep. like so bailey like she has a laptop so she was just working at like the kitchen table that was easy for her but like i have a desktop i have i mean a couple monitors and i mean we only it was a one bedroom one bathroom so wow i had my stuff set up in the living room on the coffee table and it was just like it, it was just it was too much there wasn't any separation between work and home and it started wearing on us we were down in the cities down in blaine with our parents quite a bit on the weekends just yeah. to like get out and go do something different um so yeah we just decided like hey let's start looking at houses and i mean the housing market up here is always like very competitive and i know this summer has been extra competitive everywhere mm-hmm. but 
I mean, the interest rates were so low. So we just kind of started looking and. Yeah, we just did it. I don't, I don't think we, I mean, I don't want to say it was a whim decision, but it, it was honestly for the best because we are both very big planners and we analyze our decisions that we make. And I think if we would have analyzed the homeowner decision too much or spent more time on it, we probably wouldn't have done it. Sure. So we, I don't want to say we rushed into it because we didn't. We had everything in place that we needed to. It worked out very smoothly and it was great. Um, but it was something that we were like, you know what? We just can't do this anymore. We're just going to buy a house. Mm-hmm. And we, we did. And we got really lucky. We put a couple offers on a couple other houses and we're heartbroken when we didn't get them. But I, I'm one of those people that really believes everything happens for a reason. And if you don't see the reason now, you eventually will. Mm-hmm. And it just, it worked out so great with this house because we did have to find a subleaser for the apartment because oh, yeah. we had a whole nother year and when we put offers on the other houses nobody was biting like nobody mm-hmm. and so we put an offer on this house and we kind of you know each time we put an offer we really dug a little bit more to try and get someone to take the apartment and the crazy thing about it is the night we found out that we got the house like 30 minutes before we found out, I had someone text me for the apartment. And I was like, what? And at that moment, we were eating dinner, and I was like, how crazy would it be if this is a sign saying we got the house? And then 30 minutes later, our realtor was like, hey, pretty much, you got the house. I've noticed that common theme in your life, Bailey, of like, you come to a moment where you're like, we have to make a decision, and then like, something just kind of comes out of nowhere, and it works out. Yeah, exactly. And I, I honestly, I live my life and like faith is a huge part of that, obviously, Mm -hmm. um, knowing that if it's meant to be like, it will happen and God really shows me and I, and you know, I'm not trying to sound like, you know, cause I, I always, as someone of faith, I, I don't like when people are like, Oh God gave me this huge sign. And I knew because that puts a lot of pressure. Yeah. It puts a lot of pressure on me to be like, why isn't God showing me signs? And so I don't want to seem like I'm coming off this that way. But there are some instances like with the Duluth move and Iowa State and then with the house. Like there are just things that show me and tell me, you know, this is the right decision. Yeah. And that was one of those where it was just like, I know we're making the right decision and this is where we need to be. And so it was just crazy. It was so wild. And it was at like 9 p.m. at night on a Sunday. And so we ran to Target and got a letter board to announce to our parents that our offer was accepted. And it was insane. And it just everything worked out so smooth, which was great. And I wasn't expecting, especially with the apartment. So, yeah, it's it's been wonderful. I mean, it's, it's a big adjustment. You have to fix everything yourself now. You can't just yeah. call someone up and mm-hmm. say, hey, this isn't working. But... Our, our house was built in 1926, so okay. it's an older house, but it's, like, very well updated, and I, I love it because it has a lot of the old charm, like the glass doorknobs and oh, that's the cool. built-ins and all of those things that you don't typically find in new houses now, um, but Alec likes a lot of the modern, so it was hard to find a compromise. A lot of the houses in Duluth are really, really traditional and old and Alec really liked modern so this house is a pretty good mix Mm -hmm. I would say it's definitely not as modern as Alec would probably want but it it works for us it's it's perfect it's good I like 
you know, I mean, again, it was built in 1926. Um, but I mean, that's literally every house up here in Duluth, unless you want to spend $700,000 on a house. So, I mean, that was kind of our only option, but I, I definitely like newer, um, updated houses that are, you know, only a few years old. So it was a big adjustment, but I've gotten used to it and now I love it. It was hard to convince him to get a house up here. (laughs) I, I actually... I remember Phaedra, one of my absolute best friends. She's yeah. in optometry school in Memphis. And I know Tyler, you know Phaedra. Oh, yeah. Um, and she came up for a couple days in the summer. Um, well, it must have been, yeah, 2020. And I remember telling her, and she's very level-headed, and she knows. <laughs> I mean, she's just, she's incredible. And she was talking to me about it, and I was like, I just can't get Alec on board. Like, I want to buy a house now. I think it's the right time. I just can't seem to get him on board. And she was like, here's what you need to do. And she gave me like a couple things to do. And when she left, I did them. And then all of a sudden, Alec was like, okay, I understand where you're coming from. And I I owe a lot of this house to Phaedra because I don't know if I would have been able to convince you (laughs) if it hadn't been for her. So So. manipulation. No, no, a lot of it, we didn't have a good realtor right away. Oh, that dude Um, was... That dude was awful. He was not good. And so a lot of Phaedra's recommendation was like, I think you just need to find a different realtor that Alec trusts. And then he'll, because, you know, with older houses, there could be a multitude of problems. Mm-hmm. I mean, just you never know. And so she she was guiding me to what you needed, which worked. So. Yeah. <laughs> and now you guys have a puppy, too, that you've added to your family. Yes. Just recently, two weeks from yesterday. Yeah, I'm sitting here laughing um i can hear him downstairs with his squeaker toy making a bunch of noise so. see i can't hear a thing okay good yeah no but I, i'm sitting here and i'm like what what is that noise and it's him just squeaking away with one of his toys so yeah no we got a mini australian shepherd he is a black tri adorable um, and he is the cutest thing ever so yeah he's been incredible he Mm -hmm. he's such a good puppy and alec never grew up with pets um but i grew up with a lot of dogs Mm -hmm. so for me i've had a lot of experiences with the puppy phase and what that looks like and how crazy it is and sure i keep telling alec that he's so good he's Mm -hmm. such a good puppy and yeah he has obviously all of his crazy energy and his biting and kind of the normal puppy stuff, but we've got really, really lucky with him and just, he is, he is just fitting in really well and it's Mm -hmm. nice. We've been wanting him since February. We were on the wait list since February. So it's good to finally have him home and know who he is for a couple months there. He wasn't even born yet. So (laughs) we had no idea what he was going to look like or anything. So well, it's been exciting. I love small world moments. And I know you and I had that, Bailey, because my <laughs> dog growing up, Barkley, and one of your dogs, Max, we ended up finding out came from the same breeder. They're the same breed. Yeah. We got them relatively the same time. So they got to be cousins. And I always thought that was so funny that, like, you and I lived completely different parts away. We met through different reasons. And it's like, our dogs are cousins. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's incredible. I mean, what are the chances, right? Exactly. It's crazy. Yeah, I thought that was hilarious. I was shocked, actually. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, we had driven all the way down to Iowa to pick Max up. Yep, Grundy Center. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, just crazy. I, I never, I mean, you don't expect to, to find somebody no. that has the same, you know, dog and possibly, I mean, who knows, grandmother, yeah. great-grandmother, aunt, uncle, <laughs> who knows? So, no, it's so cool. So cool. I wish they would have been able to meet. I would have loved that because they were so similar. Right. They do. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. (laughs) So before I get into my final question for all of you, I realized we kind of skipped when Alec proposed to you. So do you want to kind of tell that story real quick? Because I'm like, we're telling the story of how you all got to like marriage and we completely skipped that part. Just go from dating and you're married all of a sudden. Yep. Oh my goodness. Yeah, so we probably should have talked about that when he got his CA job. Um, because, yeah. go, go ahead, I'll let you no, talk. No, 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 you talk. You've been talking just fine. I've been talking just fine. Okay. Yeah. Um, that, was, that, was, uh, that was a joke. I, I know. I'll, I know. I'll talk. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got it now. <laughs> No, I mean, I guess what to Bailey said, like with the CA job, like I got it junior, yeah, junior year of college. And I mean, that obviously saved a bunch of money, right? So I didn't have to take my entire summer savings and put that towards tuition and stuff. So I was able to, you know, go buy a ring and I was super excited about that. Um, And then over Thanksgiving, that's when we got engaged, Thanksgiving break of junior Mm -hmm. year. Um, and Bailey's been talking about, you know, getting like professional pictures of us too, just yeah. for Christmas cards. I yeah, just, to do Christmas just for cards. fun, like just something to do and, you know, have some good pictures and stuff. And I was like, well, cool, let's do that. And then on the side, I actually got in contact with the photographer and everything. Once we figured out the details of when and where, and it was like, well, you know, how about we turn this into like a an engagement session. So Bailey just thought we were going to get like couple pictures. Um, and then that's how I proposed to her. So we have pictures of the day and then it turned into an engagement session. Um, the best part about it, you missed. What? We had a Christmas tree for Oh yeah. Can't oh the yeah. Christmas very festive. Tree. Yeah. yeah it, I love Christmas trees, real Christmas trees. That's my one thing. I have to have a real Christmas tree. Um, and so that was, I was so excited because it was Christmas tree farm. And unfortunately it was in November um, and it was like 17 degrees outside and it was so cold. And we were out there for what, an hour and a half. And I just remember we ended up having to go to, we didn't have to go to caribou after, but we went to caribou with our family after. And I just remember like, I couldn't feel how warm the cup was. And that was after like a 15 minute drive to caribou. (laughs) My hands were frozen. Fun fact, I've never had a real Christmas tree before. We always just have used a fake one. Oh, they're Uh, wonderful. They smell so good. They're so great. We did one last year in the the new house and Mm -hmm. didn't put a bag over it when when we set it up originally, which that then turned into a nightmare pulling it out of the house and spent probably the next month vacuuming up pine needles sure yeah let's so uh, make sure that you do that before you try to take your christmas tree out of the house but i remember when alec told like our staff at staff meeting <laughs> that he had gotten married and we did like highs and lows so like it was a good and a bad and he starts off with well my low is i don't have a girlfriend anymore and he just let that sit there and all of us are like 
what the heck happened to Bailey? Like, this is nuts. And he's like, the highest. I have a wife. And we all lost our minds. It was the best thing. Yeah, I remember I looked at Corinne, and she, she will still say this. She was ready to fight me. <laughs> I don't when doubt I told her, it. I did not have a girlfriend anymore. So yeah, she, she she came up to me after. She's like, I was so ready. She's like, I just stood up for you. <laughs> I've got you. Like, you don't have to worry about that. But the funny thing was, I did the same thing with my staff. Oh, I good. Came my mouth closed. So everybody but Nick Johnson knew that I was engaged. And so I wore my ring around my necklace to dinner because we always went to dinner mm-hmm. before staff meetings. Um, and so he didn't obviously see my ring on my finger. And so when I said that when we were doing highs and lows, he like stood up. He freaked out, like fully out his arms. He was like, what? You don't have a boyfriend anymore? Like just <laughs> freaked out. And then when I showed him the ring, he was like shocked. He had <laughs> nothing to say. He just like, slowly sat back down Mm. and was just speechless it was hilarious so i was looking forward from alec to hearing how you all reacted (laughs) yeah i just know zomar and i were like we don't know what to say like it's none of our business but like we'll eventually (laughs) ask him what the hell happened (laughs) it's like we go back for a weekend and everything uh-huh yeah Yeah, i didn't tell anybody i mean the only yeah. people that knew that was gonna happen was like my mom dad brother and sister and then her parents sure i do have a piece of advice though and i'm just gonna give my two cents into this because i tell everybody this sure when we got engaged we did not post on social media for an entire week mm-hmm. and i think that was the best decision we could have made because a you get to tell everybody in person. Yeah. All your close which is friends so and exciting. family. Um, yeah, it's just, it's so exciting. And also, like, you get to spend that week, um, like, fully being present in the situation versus constantly checking social media to get that gratification. Because, like, mm-hmm. of course, we all want that gratification. We want everyone to like it and comment and be excited. But to, like, sit in the gratification just, like, of ourselves and of our closest friends and family for a whole week mm-hmm. is so exciting. And it, it just makes the whole experience just, I don't know, I don't even know how to describe it. It just, it like prolongs the happiness. Oh, yeah. And I know that sounds really cheesy, but well, it I does. Mean, it just, it makes it feel like it was yours and your families and your closest friends. And you all could just treasure that for a while before opening up to the entire world. Yeah, I mean, my big thing is, is like, I don't know, I'm not going to get on to it too much, but like social media, I don't think it's the greatest thing that's ever happened to humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think sometimes people get way too caught up in the social media and they're yeah. like, they get engaged or married or do all this big stuff just so they can throw it on social media to get gratification. And like, you know, you're excited to tell people and you know, oh my gosh, yeah, it's you, know, you can wait a day or two, whatever. I mean, five minutes. It's up to you. Yeah. It's up to you. But I mean, it kind of shows that you got engaged or did this big life event for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think you just, um, you just really get to live in the moment a little bit more instead of constantly checking your phone to see if like how many people liked it you're able to like really live in that moment so and I mean I'm not saying everyone should wait a week I just think 
you know, my biggest piece of advice for anybody that just got engaged is, and I did this too, live in the moment. Yeah. Don't start planning the wedding. Don't start doing all these things. Like be excited about being engaged and then start doing everything else. Yeah. So, so. on that, I always ask everyone one final question, but before I do, I'm just going to give a little recap of what we talked about. So from all of you living super close to each other, kind of Alec handing you that note in fourth grade, going through kind of like the crap of middle school, like going through bullying, going through learning like what you all really love in life, getting to college, community advisors, engagements, different homes and jobs and dogs. If you think of all of that, what is the overcoming theme? And I would like each of you to kind of answer this individually of like your life. If you had to tell someone what the theme of it is, what you hope someone would get out of it, what is that? Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure Bailey probably has honestly the same thing or something close. But I mean, the two biggest things is work hard for what you want. Um, you know, push yourself and keep trying and don't give up that. I mean, college was a struggle and, you know, I, I pushed through it and was able to get through it. Um, and then kind of what we touched on earlier was just like, everything happens for a Mm -hmm. reason. And there's only, I mean, if you're putting all your effort and trying as hard as you can and something is just, it's not working out, you know, there's going to be something else that's going to come your way. And there's a million, I mean, it, something's going to happen. Awesome. I mean, just two weeks ago, Bailey and I were talking about all the things that, you know, shouldn't be happening in our life, that wasn't a part of our plan. Mm-hmm. And I mean, that's everything that we're currently doing, where we're living, our job, buying a house, having a dog. Um, that wasn't a part of the plan at all. Like, we were supposed to be somewhere completely different and you know i wouldn't change it for the world so yeah what do you think bailey yeah i mean i i agree with alec fully i think for me everything alec said 100 um i think my biggest thing is just perseverance through anything um like i didn't really touch on it a whole lot, but like challenging home life and figuring out, you know, school and what I wanted to do. And I went through again, four different majors and kind of just, it, it took me a while to find and figure out who I am and what my strengths are. Um, and I think it, it takes a long time for other people too. And I think a lot of the times people will give up because they don't think they're good at something or they don't think they can be good at whatever they want to be good at. And I think my biggest part of my life, you know, is figuring that out, figuring out what I, what I'm good at, what I'm here to do. And along with that is like, I mean, this word is super cheesy, but just in general love, Mm -hmm. like you have to have that. You have to find love out of, really dark times and peace out of really dark times. And I think just allowing yourself, I mean, emotions too. I'm a huge person. I, I love talking about emotions and everyone, you know, should be super comfortable talking about their emotions, I hope, and nobody should put other people's emotions down. So 
I just think for me, it's like perseverance and love along with what Alex said too. Yeah. Well, I, I love that. So I don't think there's really anything else I can say. Um, I'm so blessed to have you all in my life still. I really want to come up and visit y'all, see your new house, see yes, Finnegan. Um, so I'll definitely try to make time for that. Yeah, for sure. We'd love to have you up here. We have space <laughs> now. Yeah. The, the summer's pretty booked, but that's okay. Um, the fall and yes. I mean, honestly, the winter, if you can get over the cold, it's it's, it's beautiful, beautiful up here, right by the lake. So yeah. Well, I've got a wedding in end of August that I'm going to outside of Minneapolis. So I know you aren't as close Ooh. to that anymore, but I'll be up your way at least around then. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, fun. August is good. So cool. Well, all it was great talking to you again. Thank you so much for your time. Yeah. Thank Thanks, you Tyler. so much. Thank you. Yeah. And with that, that is another episode of Life Story. If you enjoyed it, please give a like and subscribe and continue to watch wherever you choose to watch podcasts. As always, make it a great day. I'm Tyler Honig. Thank you.